welcome to the Damp Detectives podcast, investigating the causes of and the solutions to damp and mould in your home. Hi, hello, welcome back to Damp Detectives. I'm still here with Robert Horn, CEO of Damp Detectives. We've been talking, Robert, about people's understanding of ventilation and getting the air clear and methods of how to do this and how we perceive the way to do it. But overall, the whole arching industry, how do you change the mindset of that industry? Right. Well, it's basically, it's changing the mindset. If you tell somebody, as an example, you were born and for the next 50 years, they said to you, you're an elephant. And everybody referred to you as an elephant. And then after 50 years, somebody said to you, are you a human or an elephant? You go, I'm an elephant. Because the mindset has been constant, constant, constant. And so if we go back to the 70s when we started filling up our cavities and we started sealing up our homes, any time there was condensation of mould, it was classed as lifestyle, lifestyle. And so everything was lifestyle. Extractor fans are sold on lifestyle condensation you get condensation paint lifestyle you get thermal paint to warm up your walls warm up your walls yeah lifestyle (laughs) um and everything is drilled into you that condensation is lifestyle i've been teaching since 2006 in damp detectives i've been teaching that this is absolute rubbish and the ombudsman only last year housing ombudsman recognized the fact that mould and condensation in the house is not generally caused by lifestyle. So it's taken them a long time to understand what I've been preaching. But the point is, a whole industry, a multi-billion pound industry, is running on lifestyle. And the government, everybody who advises the government and their Humphreys, you know, the civil servants who are being advised, they're being advised by lots of people who are selling products and selling products on lifestyle condensation. Now, condensation is a symptom, so you can't actually have lifestyle condensation. You know, it's a symptom. So at the end of the day, it's trying to reverse. There are places in the world for all these products, but to be used properly, not used to cover up a symptom. And condensation is a symptom, and mould is a symptom. And the point is, everybody, we are still indoctrinated to look at the problem. Look at that mould up there. How can I get rid of that mould? Oh, yeah, fine, mate. We'll clean it off and we'll paint it. <laughs> you know? I've got condensation on my windows. Oh, fine. Yeah, Wipe stick in an extractor fan. Yeah. You know? We're addressing the symptom. We're not addressing the problem. And so this is the total indoctrination that we've had ever since the problem started with our properties being totally sealed up. So the problem isn't the condensation and the mould. The problem is the sealed up properties. And this is the message that we need to get across. Now, our friend Michael Gove, who, after that tragic incident of poor Lahabri, that little guy who oh, died in the, November, it's absolutely. terrible. Actually put out a letter talking about the fact that he wanted action done. Now, the action that he was asking for was he was asking local authorities, and I'm going to just turn over my piece of paper so I can actually read what he was asking for. So asking local authorities, how many damp and mould hazard have you actually remedied? How many times have you taken enforcement 
How many times have you taken civil penalty notices? How many times you've done enforcement actions? How many times you've done prosecutions? And we'd like this all listed. And if you haven't collected this information, explain why you haven't collected it. Is that going to resolve the problem? No. Because at the end of the day, the Humphreys are effectively, their mind is now trained on prosecution, civil actions. Have we done this? Have we done that? Have we done the other? Nobody is still looking at the elephant in the room, which is the sealed up houses, which is the damp problems. Nobody's standing there actually physically directing work. Donkey's years ago, <laughs> I was actually a councillor. <laughs> and in order to train to be a councillor, a town councillor, I watched every single episode of Yes Prime Minister and Yes Minister. <laughs> and the tragic thing about it is it's all true. <laughs> but it taught me to understand how generally they think in local government, that sort of thing. As an example, we had this guy, I rang him up one day and said, da, 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 I want you to do a job. Will you do so-and-so, please? Yes, yes, cancer, fine. Phone goes down. A week later, I ring him up. How are you getting on with that job? Oh, it's not my job. It's not my position. Well, I said, well, whose is it? Well, I don't know, but it isn't mine. <laughs> so I said, well, what did you do about it? Well, I didn't do anything because it's not my position. <laughs> so I said to him, look, Look, mate, if I give you a job, if I ask you to do something, you either tell me you can't do it or do you it. find out who does it and you will follow it. And I said, now that I've given you that request, I am going to harangue you every week until I want you to follow who it is, chase them up, ensure it goes on and follow that right the way through to the actual end result. Because I can't do it because I'm just a counsellor. You're the guy within the system. So every week I rang him up and he started giving me reports back. Now, later on, it was noted that two civil servants were walking down the corridor and one of them said to the other, we're going to have to watch ourselves. These councillors have got brains. <laughs> so the thing is, you can put out all sorts of notices. You can put out all sorts of requests. But unless there is actual training done to the people in the field to actually physically go out and understand what they're doing, there will be no change in the circumstances. Because the key word in that Gove letter was remedy. Correct. And what you're saying is the people at the other end are not tuned to remedy. No, they're not. They're only tuned to court cases, chasing this landlord, chasing that landlord. And it's his word was, have you remedied that's right. any of this? That's right. And that's gone straight over their head because it's not their brief. Well, it's the same thing as saying, don't trip over that wire. <laughs> so your mind is constantly, and then eventually you end up tripping over the wire. So this letter has actually taken everyone's attention away from the remedy or away from what is causing the problem. Yes, the Please source of them. the problem. And it's gone to everything else. The enforcement, have you done this, have you done that? Have you done... So their minds are taken away directly from the one issue that we need everybody's mind on, and that is what is causing these problems and how to put them right. And so they're going to be advised... You know, inevitably, lots of housing associations have got contractors that have been working for them for the years. Now, these contractors will continue to do exactly what they've done for years. Extractor fans, condensation, paint, paint something else, clean <laughs> this, do that, give the bloke a dehumidifier. Damp blocker. Exactly <laughs> the same stuff as they've always done, because they're not trained to do anything different. And you see, we've been doing this. We've been not indoctrinated, all right, we've been advised for the last 50 years 
that everything is a lifestyle issue. And they're only just beginning to wake up. I wish I could get a few heads and smack them against the wall. They're only just beginning to wake up to the fact that it isn't. And what you need to do is look at the source. Now, we can train them to understand that some housing associations will need some properties. So they'll go and buy some properties. But they'll buy rubbish properties that are on the market because they're wet. And we can advise them and train them how to understand that you don't just buy a property and paint it and then put somebody in it. To get an understanding that that property has to be dry. Or if there is a problem with that property, how do you put it right before you put the tenant so, in there? Absolutely. Are we saying then that we're building homes that are designed to get wet? Yes. They've been designed to get wet since the 70s. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Because we've been sealing them up. And yeah. you can't defy nature. And now can... that sealing up is in the design. It's not you, and not, it wouldn't be you, but it's not me or other people sealing up their homes. They are now being built sealed up. When Glazer did his calculations in 1958 or whenever it yep. was on it, and all these materials are worked out on Glazer's formulae or the Woofy formulae that was brought out by Germany later on, they look at the permeability of air and moisture through these fabrics. Yep. And you can buy fabric material that is completely non-permeable. So it's not going to allow air, it's not going to allow moisture, not going to allow anything. It completes the ceiling. So it completes the ceiling up. But one of the crazy things about it is, okay, you seal up a cavity. Great. Wonderful. Seal it all up. What do you do at the bottom of the cavity? What's at the bottom of the cavity? The bottom of the cavity is the ground. They never actually seal that part out of it. No, the cavity is ground. So the moisture out of the ground is still going to come into the cavity. But you've sealed it up perfectly. Impermeable membrane. Absolutely. So the point is, just a minor thing like that, whereby, fine, seal it all up. But hang on a minute. We've forgotten the ground. <laughs> and quite often the ground is wet. And we actually ventilate the subfloor because we know that the ground in the subfloor is wet, wet. Therefore, we ventilate that. But we don't ventilate. We've still got the ground in the cavity, but we seal that up. Which is the structure of the house. Yes. You know, we are losing track of what's going on. The elephant in the room is so big, we just can't see it. Because we're nitpicking at so many little things to do so many little things that the big picture is totally lost. And it's been lost for the last 50 years. So for 50 years, it's been chasing our tails. Absolutely. Yeah, going around in circles. Doing it beautifully, <laughs> but chasing but, our yeah. tails nothing left. <laughs> if you have any questions or queries for future podcasts, then you can email robert at dampdetectives.co.uk and you could be part of the next show. The Damp Detectives Podcast, investigating damp and mould in your home. So, how can we re-educate then? I mean, is that a case of going to the government or going to industry? I know we've <clears> touched <throat> on it with Ghost Letter and everything, but is that re-educating the ruling government to introduce measures or do we re-educate the industry itself, the builders, for instance? I think we've got to re-educate everybody. You have to start at the top, because if you start anywhere else, the top will still keep going the way it's been Absolutely. going. 
So I think you've got to start at the top to simply understand. And the very fact that the housing ombudsman woke up a year ago and suddenly said lifestyle is actually not the main contributor to damp condensation and mould, that took him a while, but I'm very pleased that it's happened. So the fact that it's happened, government has recognised it. Michael Gove has written in his letter actually wrote in his letter that the housing ombudsman recognised the fact and underscored it. Okay, so we're beginning to creep in there. What we now actually need is to be able to get the message across to government that we can actually train the housing association managers to recognise the dangers. We can actually train them to recognise what is the danger of simply covering up mould or covering up the problem instead of what is happening now whereby we have somebody going in I've got mould fine wash it off paint it over fixed you know instead of the cover-up job to actually understand to look deeper now we've got a surveyor one of our surveyors got a degree in building surveying lovely chap very intelligent chap was a surveyor for housing association for 15 years and He came to us and we started training him. After he'd been in a classroom for three days, he actually sat back and he said, I've just realised I've been talking absolute rubbish for the past 15 years. And I said to him, at what stage in your building degree did you cover damp? He said, we never covered it. I said, at what stage in your building degree did you get hold of a moisture meter and actually start doing anything? He said, I never picked up a moisture meter until after I completed the degree and I was working for the local authority. So I said, you never actually understood that you could stick a meter on the wall and get a totally false reading. He went, no, we had no ideas. We just stuck it on the wall and if it bleeped, it was wet and if it didn't bleep, it was dry. Absolutely. Trust the equipment. Yes. Well, nobody trusts your equipment. (laughs) If you've got a brain, this is the first thing you start trusting is your brain. And the equipment is simply a tool to guide you by. You never trust your equipment. So the irony about that is the fact that even building surveying work, the whole reason why I started this business was I ended up doing a job for a lady which was officially going to clean her paintings because they were covered in mould. And she was an artist and I was telling her, there's no point cleaning your paintings because your studio is soaking wet. It's just going to come back. Just within 72 hours, it'll be covered in it. And she said, oh, we're going to barristers, we're going to the courts, because we've got this brilliant roof that's all translucent, lets in all this daylight, and it's leaking. And it's costing us thousands of pounds, and it's been going for the last couple of years. And I read a report from a surveyor of a very, it was about 50 pages. I sat down, I charged her a cup of tea and a piece of cake. And <laughs> I read this. It was a rambling report. And in the middle of it, it said, I came in July. It wasn't raining when I came. It hadn't been raining for a month. Therefore, I can't tell you if the roof leaks or not. And I said, well, that has rendered this entire report useless. Useless. Yep. So I said to him, there's only one way to find out if the roof leaks. You pour water on it. <laughs> Get a a hose pipe. Yeah, so we put a hose pipe on it and it wasn't leaking. And so I said, get this chap, let's have a meeting. So I rolled up in my overalls. He sort of looked at me as if I was something distasteful. And when I explained to him what the problem was, he went, oh, can't believe that. We're talking about 25 years ago. I said, how much did you charge for your survey? 
And he went, oh, 500 pounds. And I said, well, that, that's my fee and you'll bloody well pay it. And I said, now you want me to tell you how to put it right? Oh, God, yes. So I ripped two panels off the side of the studio and said, there you are, fixed, done. And I realised at that point that this gentleman, he had more letters after his name than there were in the alphabet. He actually had no idea about the basic physics of damp. And the thing is, what's really happened is we have become so clever that we have lost the basics. We don't have our plumbers anymore. We haven't got carpenters anymore. You know, we're losing our basics. Everybody's got to rush off and have a degree. And so at the end of the day, we have developed over the last 50 years an elephant that's got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And we can't see it because it's right there, right in front of us, but we're too busy nitpicking at so many different things and life has become so complicated that we've forgotten the basic simplicity of nature. Good grief. (laughs) It's that idea that we've lost the artisan, if you like, craft of years and years ago when problems were solved at source. Yes. This has become, like you said, a doctrine of just superficiality. Yes. So paint that, you know, yes. wipe that. And it's convenient it's as well. Of course Instant, it's convenient yeah. because it's cheaper, I would suggest, since everything boils down to money these days, is how do we cheaply resolve this issue? But the interesting thing is we're more instantaneous. We've got to have things done instantaneously. Yep. I've got mould up there. Get it fixed. Instantaneous. Get it fixed instantaneously. And so you end up covering it up because that's instantaneous gratification. At the end of the day, it's not really solving the problem. And we've lost the fact. If you're a farmer, you put seeds in, you don't expect them to be up there in 24 hours. A day later. (laughs) I want my cabbage in 24 hours. No, it's going to take you a few months before that all develops. And at the end of the day, this is what's happened in our industry with housing. We want be able to shove a house up very quickly, even though we build it in the pouring rain, we'll shove that house up and throw people in it. And we're surprised that they suddenly go, hang on a minute, this house is damp. (laughs) Why is it, Robert, then, that if you, damp detectives, can see this, going back to the source of the issue, why is it, then, that others simply don't address the source and simply address the symptoms. Why is that mindset? I think it's probably because I'm an alien to the industry. I have come out from a different planet almost. I did 20 years at sea as a deck officer before I came ashore. Okay. And I look at moisture in a completely different way. Now, if you're in the construction industry and you are brought up on lifestyle causes condensation Just and mold, what we were talking about, this yes, superficiality. Then at the end of the day, that's what you're going to believe. If you're constantly brought up on this scenario, that's what you're going to believe. Now, I've attended various training courses to see what they do, and they have explained condensation in about 20 minutes. Condensation, warm air hitting a cold surface, you get condensation. And at Damp Detectives, we will cover condensation over seven one-hour lectures. So although we deal with different things, the point is condensation has so many variables that it is covered constantly within these seven hours. It's not just one issue. No, no, no. It's completely different. And we teach meteorology, biology, hydrostatics, physics, because you're looking at nature. That's all you're doing is you're looking at nature. Can you give me an example of where the biology has helped you find the cause (laughs) of damp? 
Yes, biology is part of our training, the physics, the hydrostatics, the biology, the meteorology. It's all part of what we experience every day in our planet. And I went to a survey a few years ago, and this chap had got a little bungalow, and the water coming off the roof would go down pipes, and it would go to a soakaway, because he was out in the middle of the countryside. And a soakaway is basically where it takes the rainwater off the roof, down a pipe away from the house, into the ground, and there's a nice big area where there's gravel or something that dissipates the water into the ground Got it. away. So if you can imagine, I mean, the average house will produce a 1,000 litres of water when it rains and sometimes a lot more. So he knew that he had a problem on one of the walls of his house and he couldn't work out what it was. So I was looking at these soakaways and as I went around the soakaway, a soakaway when it's not running water away is a dry unit, yep. completely dry unit. So I walked around, looked at it and said, okay, I can tell you that this particular pipe is obviously fractured, it's got a leak somewhere. When you do, just renew the section of pipe and your problems will disappear. So I rang him up a month or so later and he said, well, you're absolutely right, yes. We did dig up that piece of pipe and it had crushed. And yeah, he said, but I can't work out how on earth you knew that pipe was the one. I said, well, it's very simple. There was a frog in it. So he said, well, what's that got to do with it? I said, well, because a frog has to, unlike a toad, a toad has got dry skin and a toad can go ambling all over the countryside. A frog has got very sensitive. It's got to have his skin moist and therefore it's got to stay with water. And therefore, the reason why the frog lived in that particular drain and not the other drains that were dry is because that drain was obviously wet, that drain was obviously leaking. And therefore, the frog told me where the leak was. That drain wasn't draining. Yeah, the it had crushed and it was staying wet. So the frog told me, because of his habitat, that's where it was. And so this is the whole thing about the damp surveying, is the fact that you don't just walk in and go, oh, I've got a bit of damp, got a bit of mould, got a bit of this. You have to look at it in nature. You have to be able to visualise the fact that somebody's saying, well, in the winter... I have these problems, not in the summer. So you've got to visualise what's going on in the winter. Yeah. You've got yeah. to visualise the climatic conditions. And you have to understand that things like a downpipe coming down and striking something is a waterfall. It's exactly the same power as a waterfall. Because we teach this sort of thing, if you actually understand that kind of thing, then you look at damp in a totally different way. And because my background is maritime, we would look in damp in a completely different way. If you didn't judge the moisture levels in the air, you could wreck a 17 million pound cargo, which would not please your ship owners or your customers. Of course. So it wasn't just the 500 ton wave that came bouncing over the bow and washed everybody over the side. It was more to do with the moisture levels in the air. And so when I came ashore, I suddenly realised that this was not in anybody's training. It was not in their understanding. It's not in their psyche. Just not going back to source, to nature itself. Nature itself. We've moved eons in front of that to just deal with paint and symptoms and wipe that off yes convenient put damp blocker on it but what you're doing you're coming from source from nature itself nature makes a house wet you can make the house dry by nature fabulous thank you robert don't forget if you want to be part of the next podcast email your questions to robert at damp 
The Damp Detectives podcast was presented by John Isles. Copyright Damp Detectives, produced by Fresh Air Studios. Mm-hmm.